Welcome to Hell Week. Welcome to the Nursery Podcast and welcome to Hell Week. This is our new series that JP and I put together for rising interns and actually for anybody who's interested in our training programs. This is a consolidated series to try to get you ready, all the things you need to know in order to be a training neurosurgeon. Hi everybody, JP here. The usual disclaimers. The information in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. The opinions expressed are our own and don't reflect those of any institution or professional organization. But perhaps most importantly, we're going to loosen up a little for this series. So expect some constructive advice, some controversial stories, but most importantly, get ready to learn. Now, let's get started. Well, folks, July 1st is fast approaching, so we're getting near the end of Hell Week, at least for now. But before we go, Dr. Wang and I are thrilled to share with you a project we've been working on for some time now. You may recall a few weeks ago, we invited other interns around the country to be featured on the show, and we were delighted to hear from residents at a variety of programs, some old friends and some new. So today, we bring you their memories, their experiences, and their reflections of the past year in hopes that the new class of interns can benefit from a variety of perspectives. So now I'll shut up and let them say hello. Hi, this is Andrew Garten. I'm one of the neurosurgery residents at Cornell. Hey, this is Cecilia Deliore, and I'm a neurosurgery resident at UCSF. Hey, my name's Hassan Fidel, and I'm a neurosurgery resident here at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. Hey, this is Alex Schuper, and I'm a current intern in the Department of Neurosurgery at Mount Sinai in New York City. Hi, this is Faith Robertson. I just completed my neurosurgery intern year at Mass General Hospital in Boston. Welcome to the show, everybody. Now let's get the most basic question out of the way first. What's one thing you know today that you wish you knew a year ago when you started? One thing I wish I knew before starting neurosurgery residency that I now know very well is that it's okay to make mistakes. Coming in as a neurosurgery intern, at least I had the false expectation that I have to be perfect at all times in all scenarios. It seemed at first, upon starting residency, that the smallest mistakes were the biggest failures, and the truth is they're not. Every mistake I made has been made thousands of times by prior residents, and they've all gone on to be very successful in their careers. And the most important thing I've learned is not to try to avoid to make mistakes, but to avoid continuing to make the same mistakes multiple times. And often making mistakes is how we learn the most important lessons. The one thing that I know now that I wish I knew on day one is that everything will come in due time. Uh, When I first started, I wanted so badly to jump in the deep end and to prove to my program, to prove to my co-residents, and really to prove to myself that I belong here and that I can do this. And what I quickly realized was that the learning curve was so steep and I wasn't going anywhere fast trying to sprint up it. I think uh, the lesson I learned the hard way was that being a good neurosurgery resident isn't something that could be willed into existence. That ability to integrate all those years of studying on the fly and in high-pressure scenarios takes experience, it takes mistakes, and it takes a ton of mentorship. 
And because of that, I had to learn to be comfortable with my work always being watched over and critiqued and reformed all for the better. And once I accepted that, I started that slow and gradual process of becoming the reliable and resolute junior resident that I always wanted to be. So from day one, I think every intern should be comfortable with making mistakes and they should be open and responsive to that constructive criticism you're invariably going to get from your co-residents above you. And you should be reassured that in time, you'll eventually get to the top of the hill. I wish I knew that intern year will have its highs and lows. And while a huge objective is expanding knowledge, probably a more important focus is building relationships. Intern year establishes your reputation within the hospital with your attendings, co-residents, other house staff, nurses, techs, admins, and patients. Be mindful of that whenever you return a call or page. The relationships I've established have helped me when the workload was high or there was a challenging clinical situation. From others stepping up to help with the workload to someone to chat with or surprise you with a coffee. Treat every day as a learning experience and a chance to invest in those relationships. So much of what happens in the hospital as an intern is figuring out how the system works and how you can fit into it most seamlessly. The EMR and hospital pagers and cell phone networks simultaneously make it really easy to order something but really complex for it to actually happen. You think you've taken care of something by placing an order or talking with another provider, but honestly, everything is such a production. You have to chart check neurotically to see whether lab labels have been collected or printed, to see if the lab received your order, and then again to see if the result can be expedited so you can get it back before three hours later. Or to order an MRI, you have to put the order in, but also call the nurse to let them know and ask them to complete a screening form, call radiology to get it protocoled correctly if it's at all complicated, call MRI techs to see how quickly it can get done, and then call the nurse again to try to expedite things or make life easy for them. And I think it's a really artful skill that I'm definitely not perfect at, although I'm working really hard on, to try to make sure that your eagerness to get things done quickly is interpreted as just polite efficiency rather than obnoxious or overbearing. Ultimately, to get things done quickly in a hospital, I feel like you need to understand the process every step of the way from all the other providers' points of view. You need to know what the blood bank sees when you place an order and the things that they need to check off before the blood can be sent. You got to know how nurses view medications and orders in the EMR so that you can schedule things in a way that's one, convenient for them, and two, really hard to miss because otherwise things just get dropped sometimes. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think efficiency isn't just knowing your own role, it's knowing what every other step in a process is and doing what you can to expedite not just the things that are your responsibility, but facilitate other people's responsibilities as well. Um, so one thing that I know now that I wish I knew on day one uh, would probably be, everyone says this, but to write everything down. You hear this a million times and then you're in a hurry and you don't have a pen and then you end up not following up on something that you should have followed up on. Uh, I think even when you're in a rush or you think that you're, there's no way that you're going to forget something, um, and especially when you're doing something at night or when you've been woken up to do something, you have to write it down. It's so easy to, it's so much easier to forget things than you would think. Is there any way you would have handled the year differently? I would have gotten all of my like IADLs and such set up and squared away. I lost my driver's license uh, maybe a week into intern year and I still haven't gotten it replaced. Uh, doing things like going to the DMV or the bank, um, setting up student loan payments are really hard to get down during residency because your schedule doesn't really conform to the rest of the world. 
So getting yourself set up so that a lot of that administrative stuff is done is done and like as low maintenance as possible can really help you out. Looking back, I have to admit I was pretty high strung. I was eager to hit the ground running and because of that, I was reading everything I could, trying to squeeze in a lecture here or there or watch a video here and there that I thought maybe would help me come July, but in all honesty, there's nothing I did do and there's nothing I could have done uh, to prepare me for what was to come ahead because I didn't need more book reading or memorizing. What I needed was experience and that experience was inevitably going to come. Personally, I traveled a lot. I'd say travel and or spend time with loved ones. COVID makes travel more difficult, but the quality time with friends and family and significant others is invaluable. So I'd probably focus more on that rather than last second cramming because you're going to learn that stuff on the job. All right, well now let's dive right into the deep end. What's the worst mistake you've made this year? Um, it sounds pretty petty, but I think one thing that I re- that I learned a lot from was just under preparing for a case because I didn't think that I was going to get to do anything for it. Um, I'd seen these cases as a med student and hadn't gotten to do anything at all. I didn't think that it was something that I would really get to do, be involved in as an intern. Um, and so I didn't really prepare for the case the same extent that I normally would uh, for any other case as far as, you know, reading up ahead of time and all the steps and the anatomy. Um, and it turned out that the attending was actually really open to teaching me and taking me through it. And I both ended up not looking as great as I would have looked, uh, as I would like to look. And I also didn't get as much out of the case as I could have. So I think really no matter what your expectation going into a case is, uh, preparing for it as if you're going to be the only surgeon in the room, uh, really it sets you up to get to do as much as possible and also get as much possible out of the case. I think the beauty of being an intern, especially in a close-knit program like the one we have here at Ford, is that our mistakes are always sheltered. And there's enough layers of Swiss cheese to stop any slip-ups from becoming big issues. And in that light, my co-residential chiefs are awesome because they give us interns the license to work with that safety net in place. But of course, that doesn't mean mistakes don't happen. I've slipped up just as much as the next resident with any number of day-to-day tasks, but I'm thankful that those mistakes end up being near misses because they were caught somewhere in the process of that oversight. That being said, though, the lesson here is that vigilance and constant monitoring of not only my actions, but the actions of the rest of the team is critical to catch these inevitable slip-ups. And ultimately, I have to recognize that that safety net that keeps me out of harm's way now will eventually fade away as I go through this residency. And I have to prepare for that. Do you think your relationships with people outside of work have changed over the course of the year? My friendships have definitely been affected by residency or at least been put under some stress by it. Residency is such a big part of my identity that sometimes I feel like it's all I have to talk about. And I spend enough time inside the hospital and I'm tired enough outside the hospital that Sometimes it's hard to reconnect with people from prior parts of my life or friends who work outside of medicine. But on the flip side, the relationships that I've developed with all my co-residents feel really, really strong because of everything that we share and everything that we go through. We just spend so much time together. One thing that I've been doing that's helped me keep my relationships from with people from prior parts of my life or, or friends who work outside of medicine is that I actually keep a log 
of the last time that I talked with everybody. It felt a little bit weird at first to keep this like list of the last time that I spoke with people, but you know, from time to time I look through it and it helps remind me which friends I've been neglecting and who I should reach out to. So my advice to somebody starting all this would be to come up with some kind of system to help you be intentional about keeping in touch with your friends because otherwise time goes by so quickly and residency is so all-consuming that having something to help keep you honest and keep reminding you to put in the effort can be, you know, helpful. And our friends deserve that from us. My relationships, I would say in general, haven't tra- changed too much since I've started neurosurgery residency, but it's true that neurosurgery definitely challenges different aspects of your life outside of medicine. It forces you to really assess which relationships are the most important to you. And as our schedules are often very demanding, it can be challenging to retain close contact with everyone in your inner circle that you may have had prior to residency. However, with that being said, it has made me realize that these relationships are truly vital, both toward my mental health and well-being as a neurosurgery resident. Spending time and remaining close with both family and friends has definitely been a crucial part to my survival of intern year, and I look forward to embracing and strengthening these relationships throughout residency. Um, I think in residency, it's really easy to make all of your relationships revolve around medicine. We have this shared language and this cast of characters, and it's really over easy to bond over what can be a really absurd and I think isolating experience. Uh, that being said, my partner's not in neurosurgery or even in medicine, and I think it's been a really good perspective to be forced to maintain some like personality and interests outside of neurosurgery and do things like read the news, be aware of current events, trying to cultivate a low time commitment hobby and things like that. To be honest with you, I consider myself the luckiest guy around. I'm born and raised in the Detroit area, and I'm a Detroit boy through and through. So to be able to go to medical school and residency in my hometown is something I definitely don't take for granted. And it allows me to be around all the people I love, no matter what the situation. So family and friends are always on arm's reach away. Now, does that mean that my relationships with them haven't changed? Of course not. I haven't been able to see my friends and family nearly as much as I had before, and there's some times where I can go months without seeing my friends. But what also makes me lucky is that I tend to have very low-maintenance friends. They're the type of fellows that cannot see me for months at a time, and whenever we do link up, it's as though I just saw them yesterday. And uh, in a typical fashion for... uh, guys like me I have about five friends that I've had since I was a kid so those enduring friendships don't break up just because I get a new job how have your relationships outside of work changed well a lot actually I've maintained friendships with many of my girlfriends made some new great friends with the residents fellows and nurses in the hospital and I met the love of my life I met my boyfriend in February at the Harvard Columbian salsa party He was a friend of one of my best girlfriends. And then COVID hit, which actually allowed us to spend more time together. We moved in together recently, and I'm actually recording this from Yosemite National Park where we're hiking. So please don't think your life is over with intern year. Some great things happen when you least expect them. Can you think of a time this year that you laughed the hardest? The hardest that I've laughed in residency so far has been pretty much every day in our team room with our co-residents. 
we truly have some amazing comedians in our current residency cohort, and we especially have some great impressionists. It's not uncommon that I'm brought to tears of laughter listening to some of my co-residents poke fun at themselves, at each other, or the people that we work with on a day-to-day basis. It's always all in good fun, and it makes the long days go by even faster. Even when I'm having a really rough day, just spending some time in, my, in our team room, interacting with my co-residents in a safe place, it always gives me the opportunity to laugh and reminds me not to take myself too seriously, which in our field is incredibly important as well. There was a patient on our service that was an unknown John Doe. Had the driver's license in his wallet was used as an identifier. And while he was recovering in the ICU, but his mental status was still uh, not uh, totally recovered, we were calling him that name. And you know, in our exams, we were shouting, wiggle your toes, so-and-so, and squeeze my hand, and, and constantly yelling his name. And it wasn't until some time had passed that we actually learned um, when he was waking up that he's like, yo, that's, that's not my name. And we found out it was his cousin's driver's license that he had on his person. And we'd been shouting at him the wrong name for the entire time. Uh, me and my co-resident, Jacob Pulaski, uh, are lucky enough to be close friends even before residency. Uh, I consider that man uh, my closest friend, actually. So there was this one day where both him and I were post-call just hanging out in the call room. And we were both so delirious that I didn't even remember what we were talking about. But he was telling me the story that had me in absolute pieces. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you I don't think I've ever laughed that hard on the job or off it. I think it, it, was, it was therapeutic. Uh, what's the, I, it's that old quote, uh, laughter is the cheapest medicine. Uh, I think those moments only come after those grueling shifts and because we, were, uh, we had such a long day on the job. And thinking of those small moments, and I mean, I wish you can see the smile on my face now, but it's those small moments that uh, I think are what get you through the tough times. And those are the moments that last. And what's the closest you've come to crying? I had a few tears at the start of my third week during my neuro ICU rotation, my third week overall in residency. My first patient of intern year was a 21-year-old male who had a TBI, hemicraniectomy for a supratentorial injury, and a large cerebellar contusion that almost caused him to herniate multiple times. We had exceeded national traumatic brain injury guidelines in management. He was being paralyzed and cooled, and we were managing severe storming. Many thought he would die. I was the one giving his family updates daily and serving as the face of the team. One day that third week, I was called into the room by the nurses. His parents were there. The nurse asked the patient, who was trached and his eyes closed, to show us two fingers. He was following commands. His mom hugged me and I couldn't prevent the few tears. I kept in touch with that family and the patient's doing very well. Though he'll articulate, he notices mild cognitive slowness compared to prior. But he's back to work and living life. So those were very good tears. I think the closest I came to actually crying was at the end of my first week of working in one of the reassigned COVID ICUs. I'd had a long, exciting, and emotionally draining week, and I was definitely ready for a day off. Uh, I was walking home with Alexandra, my co-resident, Uh, who was on service at the time, and this was right when social distancing was really becoming a serious thing in New York. 
Everyone was wearing masks and we were all being encouraged to only leave the apartment for mandatory things like trips to the pharmacy, hospital, and grocery stores only if you really needed something. But I was excited for my day off and I confided to Alexandra that I had all these plans to go for a long run, go to the grocery store, buy supplies to make a big breakfast. Uh, and when I said all this to her enthusiastically, she was like, Andrew, you're working in a COVID ICU right now. You're as exposed as they get. You can't be going to a grocery store right now unless you actually absolutely need something. I felt kind of ashamed, to be honest, and she was completely right to say what she did because those were the guidelines and I wasn't being intentionally malicious or anything. I just spent all week commuting between a closed ICU and a small New York City studio apartment and I was so desperate for some fresh air that I hadn't really thought about how dangerous my mere presence would be at a grocery store right now. And I felt simultaneously trapped and tired and a little bit ashamed, and even a little bit lonely, and I definitely got kind of worked up about it. And poor Alexandra had to hang out with me outside my apartment and listen to me whine and complain, uh, but in the end, she was completely right, and I ended up doing exactly what she said, and just enjoying my TV with cereal instead. It was fine. I mean, I know it's kind of a silly thing to have been my trigger point to make me so upset, but it did kind of remind me something about myself. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty capable of handling difficult weeks and long hours so long as I have something different to look forward to, some reason to go outside in fresh air and decompress and breathe and, and do something just a little bit different, which isn't exactly a revelation to anyone, but for me it was a good humbling reminder of where my limits are and what I can and should do to stay sane and keep my stamina up high enough to keep working hard. Um, I have cried before after work. There are times that you give it your all, you work really hard, and your all is just completely insufficient. Um, this feels really personal, but to a large extent, I don't think it is. I think it's a pretty shared experience across a lot of residents. And this is a tough one because it feels like such a weakness to even admit to. And uh, if you told any of my brothers that I was ever crying on the job, I don't think I'd ever hear the end of it. So uh, I think what's made me the most sad though uh, has been treating any of the young patients who uh, unfortunately find themselves under our care. I can think of a 31-year-old needing a hemicrany for an ICA occlusion or a 26-year-old who fell off of a roof while helping dad uh, with some home repairs. Um, and I think these hit particularly close to home because my mind jumps to picturing myself in that scenario. And it's almost like treating uh, a reflection of myself. And that's not something that's uh, particularly easy for me to get over. And now in this era of COVID, especially here in Detroit, where we've been hit particularly hard, families aren't allowed in the hospitals to even see these uh, young, I mean, in my mind, these young kids uh, or their young kids um, as they're being treated for the uh, most unfortunate of conditions. So we actually have to call the families and sometimes even break the bad news to them over the phone. And I don't know if you've ever had to speak with a grieving family over the phone, but something about that type of communication and hearing their voice crack, yeah. It'll break your heart. So unfortunately, it's, uh, it's part of the job. And uh, I would 
think that I'm tough enough to get through it, but I'd be lying if it's not something that lingers on the mind. So to give the new kids a light at the end of the tunnel, what are you most looking forward to about next year now that you're almost done being an intern? Coming into PGY2, I'm really looking forward to moving on beyond the COVID crisis. Here in New York City, we're at the epicenter and Mount Sinai has been one of the hardest hit hospitals during this pandemic. Uh, as no surprise to anyone, it's taken quite a, a toll on the Mount Sinai health system as well as our neurosurgery department. And even though things are starting to creep back into normalcy, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the status quo as I start PGY2. Additionally, I'm really excited for the new responsibilities of being a PGY2 in our program. I'm looking forward to having my own case with an attending with no other senior resident and having my own OR, being able to show myself as well as show the attendings what I've learned during intern year and to challenge myself and to push myself to be independent in the operating room as well as clinically outside the operating room, being able to make my own decisions about patients and just being more autonomous as a neurosurgery resident. Our second year at MGH is pager heavy. We're the ED consult resident, so you're the first one seeing some truly sick patients, making plans and triaging, which comes with a lot of responsibility. I'm a little nervous, but excited to take that next step in training and learning how to manage patients. And to be honest with you, it's just joining the big show. Uh, intern year has been important for learning the ropes and figuring out how to navigate a hospital and clinical encounters efficiently, but there's this implicit default to defer to the seniors or the juniors on the team whenever any problems come up. And really, if you think about it, the aim of the intern is to try and blend in with the team without making too much noise. And now that works in preparing me and my co-resident for bigger roles to come, but it tends to pull the reins back on any ambitions we may have to assume a bigger role so what makes me excited for next year is that ability to finally have that little bit of independence to allow me to problem solve and work through troubles while on call. And it's important to defer to the seniors when needed, especially if you feel that you're not capable of doing something. But the attempt to fly on your own is uh, so exciting. And the chance to prove myself and take on the challenge of running our service is something that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I am so excited to just get better at this every day, to get to operate more and to have more responsibility over patients and patient care on the clinical service. I'm also really stoked to just never have to tell someone I'm an intern ever again. 